0: A right so ain't no the the you ain't got no right to tell us how to worship. So let's tell the government to get up out of churches. We ain't choking no more. Tell them our hopes in the Lord, the time for speaking is past. It's time to open the doors. You ain't got no right to tell us how to worship. So let's tell the government to get up out of service. We ain't choking no more. Tell them our hopes in the Lord, the time for
1: speaking is past. So let's reopen the doors. that is right is the one year anniversary of why that song was written really. Well, it's not really, actually, that's not the proper way to describe it. That song was a call for people to open their churches for pastors to open their churches. And one could argue that because no pastors did or not enough did resulted in the arrests of several pastors across Alberta. So, guys, if you could do me a favor, if you could like and share this video right now while it's live, that would be helpful. Also, you could go follow me on Rumble. It's the same name. You could go follow me on YouTube. It's the same name. You could follow me on Instagram at bro here's the thing and Twitter at devastated48. I'm broadcasting this live to Twitter right now as well. Guys, I don't talk about the coffee very much, but I still have a discount code with Resistance Coffee. If you use te- if you use code davis at checkout, you real- will will receive ten percent off your first order. So make sure it counts. Make sure you order a lot with your first order. Get yourself a defund CBC shirt. I don't know. They've got a new brand, a blend, called fringe minority. Josh, stop it. Okay? We've got Josh in the comments already already trying to irritate me and it's working. <laughs> Oh, he'll have to do better through text because he's not speaking well right now. It's an inside joke. So guys, one year anniversary of Grace Life Church having a cage put around it. Um, there is lots to cover. One year anniversary of this guy. <laughs> Where did the photo go? What's going on here? Oh, like this. There we go. (laughs) Josh says, wow, that was cold. You know, I'll even put that comment up. Yeah, it was. It was. Why don't you go hang out with your new friend, Dallas Jenkins? (laughs) Oh, hi, Phoebe. Phoebe says hi. We'll post that. Hello, Phoebe. How are you? Um so one year anniversary of the church being locked up this is how i started my live streaming career and if you can't see this because you're listening to this as audio i did air quotes and yeah that's what i call them not scare quotes air quotes anyway where is it let's let's just play an excerpt uh uh you know setting up a tent city on the front lawn of grace life and was worried about us trespassing him let's go to the start i So we are having some uh, some really interesting uh, uh, characters turn out here that are you know someone's planning on posting a, a, a you know setting up a tent city <laughs> on the front lawn of Grace Life and was worried about us trespassing him and I informed him that uh, I informed him that there's literally nothing we can do I, I discouraged him but he's going to do it and we now have a, a white homeschooling style van I call it it's. Uh, of police officers you can kind of see it in the background there um, and um, you know some big scary dudes we saw like so I don't know maybe they're here to finally start dispersing people keep in mind right he I remember that guy he was worried that we were gonna trespass him and it's like bro the government took the land away we can't trespass nothing uh, that could be a thing uh, Jonathan how's it going man um, you know I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is here. Um, we've already made a decision as Grace Life people that if if uh, if these uh, supporters that are uh, a little bit rowdy or start getting too too weird, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on out, um, just so that they know it's not Grace Life uh, doing all the weirdness. Um, you can see they've kind of set up the. This group has set up uh, a plot of land here. They've set up a, a circle. On the, on the lawn, uh, on the, on the lawn that is Grace Life's property. So, okay. So you can hear how stumbling and weird I am, uh, at this time. Hey, look at this. (laughs) I'm posting this so that everyone can read it. Um, I just want everyone to know that this is what Josh thinks of the chosen. If, uh. And if you know him, you can go talk to him about it and tell him he's wrong. He says, and I quote, Dallas Jenkins is the man, and The Chosen is the greatest show that was ever made. Jesus gives Dallas Jenkins a high five. <laughs> I don't think he does, man. I'm sorry. Um, Justin says hi. Gerald says hi, which is probably actually his wife. Oh... Oh, and Josh says, Devin is here to start a revolution. No, no, no. No revolutions, my friend. If you don't know, that's a quote from The Chosen. Jesus says, I'm here to start a revolution, which was not what he was here for. But anyway, I don't want to get into that. As you can see, you can go check that out. I posted it to my Facebook page for you guys. You can go see the start of... The Chronicles of Devon, we call it. Oh, man. Um, I just thought it would be fun to post that. Now, all my videos are scrambled, and so they're not in the right order in the queue here. So I want to make sure that I post the right one. We've got a couple Western Standard articles today. Oh, no. I didn't, uh, okay, I've got to bring something up here really quick for you guys. You're going to see it here on screen for a second, but uh, don't worry about it too much. It's not what I'm planning on playing right now. So anyway, guys, we have a story, and this story came out, uh, was it yesterday? Hold on, where is it? Here we go. So it says, and I quote, Churchgoers use UCP Easter contest to slam pastors arrests made by Rachel Emanuel was published two days ago on April 5th in a post to his public Facebook account on March 31st UCP MLA Cyril Turton said he's having a coloring contest celebration of spring and Easter just around the corner and what's funny about this is that he didn't post a picture that you're supposed to color so it was you could submit any coloring that you wanted to now I don't know why he would do this, but he actually just recently took that post down. I don't know if it's directly because of what happened, but with this article being released, but the contest is gone. So anyway, it says Grace Life Church members have responded in jest. Thankfully, she put that in there to UCP. MLA Cyril Turton's Easter coloring contest by drawing Alberta Premier Jason Kenney giving two thumbs up to the arrests of Christian pastors. The drawing follows Grace Life pastor James Coates' arrest in February 2021 in Turton's district for continuing to hold services that police said defied COVID 19 restrictions. Coates was one of the three Alberta pastors arrested for defying. COVID-19 rules in pursuit of religious liberties, such as holding unhindered worship services. Oh, and my mouse is dead. All right. I imprisoned more pastors than any other Western leader, says the caption accompanying the drawing of Kenny. So here it is. I imprisoned more pastors than any other Western leader. Happy Easter. Now, what's really interesting about this photo or not the photo, but the actual image, was it was, in fact, made by someone who attends Grace Life Church. I'm not sure if he wants open and out there credit yet, but I think uh, I think it's pretty awesome. Now, this was a joint effort between uh, my wife, a Cliff, and the person that designed the art. I simply delivered the message to the right person to make this article in a post to his public Facebook account. Searle said he's having a coloring contest. Okay. So that's already, we already read that. And then, um, by April 14th, you could win an Easter gift basket contest open to all ages, reads the post for Christians. Easter is a time to remember and reflect on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. On February fourteenth, two 2021, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and Alberta Health Services visited Grace Life Church in Parkland County, located west of Edmonton. They determined that the church was defying COVID-19 restrictions, which required places of worship to operate at 15% capacity and with masks and physical distancing. Two days later, Coates turned himself in to authorities and was charged with two counts of contravening the Public Health Act and one criminal charge. Coates was to be released on the conditions that he followed public health orders, but he said he could not do so in good conscience. As such, he remained in custody for 35 days. I thought it was 39, but 35, she probably just looked it up. Also, you have the arrest of Arthur Pavlovsky in May after he failed to abide by public health orders during a Saturday church when congregants didn't wear masks or physically distance themselves. And of course in June Tim Stevens pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Southeast Calgary was arrested for failing to comply with a court order to stop holding church services in violation of Alberta's pandemic gathering rules And you remember that the US senator Josh Hawley responded to the arrest by asking his country's Commission on International Religious Freedom to consider putting Canada on its special watch list for violating religious freedom. He compared the arrest to something that would occur in China, which has detained more than a million minority Muslims in so-called re-education camps. <clears throat> Rachel Emmanuel is the Edmonton Bureau Chief for the Western Standard. Wow, that's a cool job title, Rachel. Anyway, so pretty awesome article. I like it. Hopefully it doesn't ruffle too many feathers. Oh jeez. Oh, Look at what he's writing. Oh Um Another pastor has been arrested in Alberta, I understand. Yeah, I When did that happen and what was it for? I can't actually um I don't actually know I, I don't have like any info on that. Great. I can't scroll through. Oh, like that. Okay. Uh, anyway, guys. Um, so you've seen that article. Uh, we trolled Cyril Turton, and apparently he canceled this contest. I don't know if he actually did or not. It's. I mean, it's, it's brutal that he would allow people sending him offensive pictures. Not even offensive. Just mocking pictures that he would cancel it because of that i don't know if that's why he canceled it who knows i mean i think it is but i don't know yeah phoebe if you post the um the link to the article in the chat that would be helpful um okay we've got a lot we could be looking at but now Sticking in the vein of Jason Kenny and arresting pastors, we've got this video posted and sent to me, and it is titled "Jason Kenny Lies to Pastors' Face." And uh, we're gonna we're gonna give this a listen now. Okay,
0: n- another question right here. Good afternoon,
1: Premier and. Uh... My friend Dan, um, as a as a pastor in the Peace River right now, um,
0: there is concern about what has been going on, and I know we don't want to go back, but I, I need to ask a question about pastors in jail. I'm just. My question
1: would be, um, what is your plan going forward about the justice system and how to make it just? Like, Um, I'm not really sure what happened. Uh, it sounds like he almost got a little flustered and like lost his train of thought because he starts focusing on uh, this justice thing and reforming justice, and it just kind of sounds like he maybe nerves or something. But it wasn't like a greatly worded question. That's no criticism of him. Um, I just, I, uh, but I understand the main point that he was making. Can we make the justice system just? For most people, I believe in this room, we believe that that is unjust, what has happened. Um, It might be hard to change that, but can you change it and can you make it more just? I guess is my question because of uh, what has happened. Thank you. For, for your service to the church, so let, let's want to. What's the church? Anyway, this is me nitpicking statements. Say first of all that we have 10,000 clergy in Alberta,
0: according to Statistics Canada. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, 10,000 clergy did not have any trouble with the law in the last two years. I'm aware of three uh, out of the 10,000 that did, so that would be. Like,
1: 0. 0.000. So, one, let's talk about this. Only three. Come on, man. You know. <laughs> you know there was more than three. There were There were tiny churches all throughout the countryside that didn't follow the restrictions. And you're going to paint this false picture that it was three pastors. Now... This isn't the lie, though, that uh, that the uh, creator of this video is talking about. Um, I mean, I guess technically, I don't know, but the bigger lie is coming right away. So he's going to paint this false picture of these pastors and key in on one whom it might be true of something percent.
0: Um, so, I, I don't think we should see this as a, as a general uh, issue. The, vac- the vast fact is, well over 99% of places of faith and worship managed to get through the past two years their own way. I think most of them making an effort to keep their congregants and their communities safe. Uh, in the case, I'm aware of three cases where individuals, for their reasons, it's for them to explain, decided that they wanted to become a very public, Attract a lot of attention to total noncompliance with any aspect of any public health measures, and one more recently uh, has been.
1: So, th- the three pastors, all three of them, all three of them decided they're going to make it really public. That's what that's 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 the narrative he wants to put forward. Don't, don't let him lie. You owe it to everyone to make sure that you know what really happened. At least two out of three of those pastors had no desire to attract attention to themselves. None. My pastor faithfully and quietly served his church and opened it like he was supposed to. We did not go get a bunch of attention. The attention came and found us. And came and found him. Um, so he is painting a false narrative. Now you could very much argue that as things have progressed, we have seen that Arthur Pavlovsky seems to sensationalize things, and seems to. Uh, be looking for that attention. And I'm not even, I'm not even impugning the man's motives. My point is, is he is, uh, is not just pastoring a church anymore. The other two men are just faithfully returning to their work every week and doing what they're supposed to be quietly pastoring. That's it. And so this, this, this video is a lie that's what's happening here he's 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 he wants to and and notice who he keys in on right notice who he describes he describes the one who you could easily agree that he is looking for attention now and i'm not saying that um but uh i'm not saying that for sure but he would be the one that you could accuse of that. I think the easiest. <clears throat> um, and so. Um, sorry, I, with the mouse, it's getting hard, it's hard to uh, navigate the chat. So you've got Josh in the comments uh, heckling me again, and I know what he wants. I know he wants me to react to things. James Coates does not love The Chosen. I'm imagining that if he watched one episode of it, he would say, why are you wasting your time watching that trash? That's my guess. He probably doesn't even know about The Chosen, though, right now. Now, oh, but look, Rochelle posted an, uh, uh, Rochelle posted some info for us. Thank you, Rochelle, about the pastor that was recently arrested. I'm going to have to look this stuff up. Pastor Derek Reamer was arrested for talking into a microphone on Stephen Ave where he sets up to feed the homeless every week. <sighs> Calgary police apologize because the court injunctions stating he should be arrested for using amplification devices only applies to parks when Derek wasn't in a park. Oh, they already apologized though. Well, that's interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to do a little more research for that and look it up. Um, Anna Lee says, wow, one year? That's been a long year. So much has happened. Bless you guys. Praying for the whole church in Canada for wisdom. Thank you, Annalee. I appreciate it. Anyway, let's keep listening to, to our faithful leader, Jason Kenny. Charged with incitement involving. Talking about Arter right now just being recently arrested again.
0: Uh, connected to a group, four of whom are now facing charges um, for conspiracy to commit murder. These are serious charges. I'm not saying that individual is, but he was speaking to people uh, allegedly, allegedly in language that con- consisted of incitement. So that is uh, a difficult matter. Uh, on all of these things, I am, uh, you know, when you ask about the justice system, it is the justice system. It is, we have an impartial, uh, system of justice where elected officials cannot must not will not interfere in the decisions that are made by judges Um, if if i were to pick up the phone and call a judge and say i disagree with your decision you should give so-and-so bail you should drop charges against someone you should not issue this injunction you should repeal that injunction then that that's no longer a democracy characterized by the rule of law but that is a kind of dictatorship where a politician is instructing an independent
1: court right so what does jason kenny do here i mean obviously this guy isn't saying um could you persuade judges to um be better that's not what he's saying he's he's basically talking about the passing and invoking of unjust laws arbitrary ones and using it to punish people who do not deserve to be punished in the way that they were punished. That's what the man is talking about. He's not talking about whatever Jason Kenney's going off on about calling judges and telling them to have to rule differently on things. The point is, is that you pass stupid laws and your judges helped enforce them. That's the problem.
0: But how to apply the law. So you're asking me, I, there's no easy answer to your question. We have an independent judiciary uh, and that is a, what an essential principle of our system. I find all of this incredibly regrettable given that Alberta was the only province in Canada uh, that did not have uh, extended closures of places of worship as a matter of public health policy.
1: Shutting down churches to 15 people, which is just staff to run a live stream, is shutting down the church. It is. You're a liar. This is you closing the church. You can talk about how the church wasn't closed, but if you limit it to any number so that people have to be barred from it, that is closed in my book. But down to 15 people, that's closed by any standard. Stop saying that you were open and that you were less repressive than other governments in Canada. You weren't. You were the first one to see pastors be arrested. Stop. Stop, liar. Stop.
0: There were constraints. I know they were difficult. But uh, but the reality is where I go across the province, generally pastors and, and, and clergy come up to me to express gratitude for uh, Albert having been the only province not to have done that, uh, as a matter. Of-
1: yeah, I'm sure a lot of them wear robes and are female. I bet you that's a lot of the clergy that did that. Although, if you read my pastor's new book, apparently someone did email him, saying that we should, uh want to submit to the govern government more cheerfully. And I do not who know who emailed him that, but. uh Obviously there was disagreement with that statement
0: policy. So I find it really sad, very regrettable. I cannot speak to the decisions that those three out of 10,000 individuals made. And frankly, I'm, I'm offside. I even comment on, on the wisdom of the, of what the judges have decided to do in those instances. I will just say this.
1: Yeah. Josh says, even if he was less repressive, why is that a good thing? It's still repressive. Exactly. <clears throat> Oh well, we didn't uh, we didn't lash you uh, fifty times. We only lashed you thirty, right? So that's better than fifty, right? Yeah, I guess. All <laughs> oh, these people, this is how they think, man. Because they look down. Da- he looks down on you, right? He uh, he is the ultimate authority, whether he talks like that or not. He clearly th- seems. Can't know for sure, but he seems to think it.
0: That no one in our society, no nobody, no, no politician, no pastor, is uh, exempt from the principles of the rule of law.
1: So no one is exempt from the principles of the rule of law. So when you just start passing and forcing through laws unjustly in the guise of an emergency system that is you being exempt to the rule of law as far as I'm concerned. Now I don't know legalese but I mean that's what I think. It really seems like you were exempt from the rule of law when you were filmed multiple times not following COVID rules but hey who am I I don't know and uh
0: so i don't and i don't think any of us want to live in a society where somebody says hey i i i'm exempt from the law because of my position that's not consistent with our with our system so i could i could stand up here and give you the easy politically popular answer but i'm giving you the honest answer which is i cannot cross that huge line frankly if i do so if i stand up here and start pontificating about what decisions i think judges should
1: make Phoebe says, well said, Mr. Sky Palace. Now, it's funny that you bring up a Sky Palace because that's obviously what I thought of. Now, I watched his apology video, and it was quite the non-apology. But he would argue that uh, he was allowed to be doing that that day based on the new rules. Also, though, if you look at the pictures, they talk about having a working dinner. I didn't see any work getting done at all. Just (laughs) Just saying. My very next step
0: has to be to uh, meet with the lieutenant governor and resign. And uh, so I cannot, I have to respect, I believe in institutions. I believe in in, in respecting those those institutions. It uh, doesn't mean I agree with every decision that's made, um, either by the individuals or by the courts. But I am, my powers are not total because we don't live in a totalitarian society. My powers are limited. And uh, so if you...
1: We don't? Do you remember, Jason, when you shut down businesses and you said to food businesses, to restaurants, fast food places, you can no longer serve customers indoors? That is totalitarianism. The fact that you can say to a private business who they can serve and then say that this isn't totalitarianism is ridiculous and anyone who's thinking at all can see how preposterous that is
0: if you disagree I will just finally say this that anybody who's facing a charge, an application for an injunction, a bail application, whatever it is, they all have, we all have the, the rights to natural justice, due process, the presumption of innocence, uh, competent legal defense, and those are the critical parts of our system to protect, and, con- and access to, con- to constitutional protections as well. So that's the best I can say to you. I do regret that out of 10,000, you've had these three cases, and I hope very much that they get resolved in in a good way.
1: Thanks, Jason. That was awesome. Um, Okay, so... Obviously... Painting a narrative, like usual, nothing surprises us. I think we can move on. That's... For your information, that was posted by my friend, Philip Clausen. I believe he was there filming it himself. So, you can go check out his YouTube page. I don't really know what else is on there. But who knows? Might find something interesting. We don't know. All right, another Western Standard article. I am going through so much stuff. Um. Oh, yeah, this one. Okay. Look at this. Updated. Oh, source says 5,000 UCP members signed up using small number of credit cards. But party denies wrongdoing. So I don't know if you guys heard this. The original story was 5,000 memberships were bought on one credit card. Now it sounds like it is a small number of credit cards. Still suspicious. Still suspicious. Anyway, sorry for the yawning. Work is hard. Oh, no. I can't read that. What happened? I had the article. No. It's got the paywall up. Someone showed me how to get rid of the paywall. For free. And I, I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, guys. Uh oh, look at this. A small number of credit cards are responsible for about five thousand of the last minute memberships largely in ethnic writings, the source told the Western Standard. That's I don't even understand why it mentions ethnic writings. Oh, back to a point from Rochelle. The point of the Charter, our highest law, is to make sure people in Kenny's position can't interfere with our rights the way he did. He should be arrested since none of us are exempt from the law. So, guys, can't read it. It has a paywall up. Go check it out for yourself. If you know how to get around the paywall uh, or you want to uh, buy a Western Standard membership, you should do that. Um. Okay, last article. If you guys didn't know, Dina Hinshaw finally was on the stand giving her testimony for the last three days. This is day three of the events because we just want to go through her tweets or through Sheila Gunn Reads tweets and check out uh, what, what was said so lawyers for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms and others continue to cross examine Dr. Hinshaw look at that hair man I get so bad anyway whatever following repeated delays the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms is in court challenging the constitutionality of Alberta Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Hinshaw's Health orders. Rebel news. Sheila. Rebel news is Sheila Gunn. is live tweeting the proceedings. Read the live updated tweets from day one here and from day two here, so we could go back and look at all the stuff. It's got to itch my head. So, back in court, Heights Baptist, Northside Baptist at all verse Alberta and the chief medical officer of health. So what's interesting is the churches that are part of this are none of the churches that had pastors that were arrested. So here's two more churches that brings the number past three. It's right there. It's right there. Obviously, these pastors didn't agree with the restrictions either, did they? The pastor of Heights Baptist and Northside Baptist. Anyway, I'll keep reading. The lawsuit led by lawyers from JCCF Canada and Jeffrey Rath calls into question. Yawning calls into question the constitutionality of CMOH Dina Hinshaw's lockdown orders. They're currently going through evidentiary evidentiary formalities right now. Leighton Gray for the JCCF is back to cross-examining Hinshaw. He plans to examine her on her press conferences. Transcripts of her many pressers were admitted into evidence. Gray, what did you mean when you cautioned people against spreading rumor and inaccurate speculation in early March 2020. Hinshaw, we wanted to make sure that if people saw something on social media, they were checking to see if it had been verified. Mm. On March 12th, 2020, you said Alberta was taking aggressive new public health measures. There were just 19 diagnosed cases. Hinshaw told the cabinet then to kill gatherings of 250 or more and advised against travel. She told returning travelers to self self-isolate upon arrival. That last part was in brackets, so I think that that's commentary from from Sheila. This flies in the face of Hinshaw's earlier testimony that her edicts were sparse and sparing and balanced. Yeah, good call. Yeah, if you go look it up um Dina said that her, uh, edicts were sparse and sparing and balanced, which they were not. Gray, when you mentioned the new normal in your March 14th, 2020 press conference, did that include restrictions on freedoms? Hinshaw, when necessary, the expectation was always that people would follow the law. Yeah, we did follow the law, not these stupid things that you made up. March 17th. Gray says, March 17th. You say the measures are putting strain on people, not the virus. The measures. Henshaw, yes. Gray. March 18th. You said, please trust these measures, as painful as they are, are necessary to prevent the spread. You called the measures painful. Yes. Gray. March 21st. You said, COVID-19 does not discriminate. You'd agree that it, that is you would agree that is not true. It does discriminate. More deadly to elderly and those with comor- comorbidities, according to the government's own data. Depends on what discriminate means. everyone is susceptible to infection. Touche Hinshaw, Touche. Most Canadians will get minor symptoms, if any. That's true? Yes. Hinshaw. Most of us were working through something like this for the very first time. But she is the public health officer. I don't think I was learning on the job. What do you people want from me is the best defense here. That's more commentary from Sheila. Gray, on April 3rd, you said some people would go on to have serious illness and even death. Hinshaw, while the risk was low, there had been fatalities in other jurisdictions. But that was not true for Alberta at the time, was it? You can see how people hearing this may be alarmed. Henshaw, I can't recall. It was two years ago, and I don't know when we saw the first under-18 death recorded. Oh, oh no. What just happened here? Oh, I see. I went to the... No. Oh my goodness. There we go. Am I still... All right. Sorry, I I accidentally uh, changed my screen here. So, ooh, <clears throat> let's read this one. Gray, at some point, the government decided that the percentage of eligible Albertans receiving vaccines to be 70% to begin lifting restrictions. You say in your evidence that you thought the vaccines were the way to achieve herd immunity. Hinshot, it is fair to say that I thought we would be able to achieve herd immunity if we achieved significant level of vaccination. Point, Gray points to a subsequent pressure, presser when Hinshaw, Hinshaw called vaccines at 95% effective. Where did you get that info? Hin, oh, sorry. Gray says, Where did you get that info? Hinshaw, Pfizer clinical trials. Gray points to the Hinshaw presser in January 2021. You said, When you can promote content reviewed by people with expertise in epidemiology, infectious diseases that will contribute to informing people. And stop the spread of misinfo. But she said vaccines were 95% effective. <sighs> so he's obviously pointing the picture that she was spreading false... False... Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, misinformation, right? Yeah, See, so you can see it here. The obvious implication is perhaps is perhaps Hinshaw was the one who was spreading what turned out to be misinformation while accusing others of doing just that. So you can see I would say go to Rebel News, check out all the tweets from the last couple days. Um, so you can know what they're what's going on with her. What's going on with Hinshaw, right? I think it's important. And, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that's the rebel article. There's the paywall article. So I forgot to, uh, move a screen again. So I'm just gonna quickly put that up for you guys and let's see what the size of the screen is. Uh, yes. Second Samuel 11. So guys today, Today I was reading this uh, in my reading plan uh, in the morning, and um, I really uh, I had a more emotional response to this chapter of the Bible than I I think I've ever had. I don't know really what happened, but I was just dwelling on it. And if you don't know, it's Second Samuel eleven. So this is when. Uriah the Hittite uh, is killed in battle because David sends him out to be killed in battle so that he could uh, cover up the fact that he had impregnated Uriah's wife Bathsheba so let's read it or at least some of it it starts this way now it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. So something that's interesting is I typed in this 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 saying: "When kings go out, it's uh, it's uh, spring at the time when kings go out to battle." What that? pointed out to me was is that David wasn't fighting his own battles at this point and kings go out to battle in the spring but he stayed behind Joab was out fighting his his wars his battles for him Um, and so David was at home and if he would have been taking charge of things Uh, and being on the battlefield like he was supposed to, or like he normally did, he probably wouldn't have gotten preoccupied and noticed this um, beautiful woman bathing near him. It would have left no room for him to sin in his heart the way he did. Um, And as we move on, It says, now after this, it says, but David stayed at Jerusalem. So, now, when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked round on the roof of the king's house. From the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from uncleanness, she returned to her house. And the woman became pregnant, and she sent and told David and said, I am pregnant. <sighs> so, as something to just cover, off to the side, side note even, Um, There are many liberal-leaning Christians who would try to argue that David raped Bathsheba. Um, Maybe because he was in a position of power over her, those kinds of things. But the implication is consensual. Um, I don't think anyone who knows the biblical languages would disagree with that now. And who is a regenerate, saved person. But anyway. There's no rape there. Because look, she even tells him, like, I am pregnant. And then she marries him later. And so, David sends to Joab and gets Uriah to come home. And so David's plan is to have Uriah come home. And sleep with his wife, and so that the pregnancy would be hidden, and uh, no one would have to know. So Uriah goes to David, and David asked concerning the state of Joab and the state of the people and the state of the war. Then David said to Uriah, "Go down to your house and wash your feet." And Uriah went out of the king's house. And a present from the king went out after him. So he gave him a present. He was really trying to make Uriah feel good. So he would go home and do what married people do with his wife. Now it goes on. But Uriah lay down at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. Then they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house. And David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in booths, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house? To eat and to drink and to lie with my wife. By your life and the life of your soul, I will not do this thing. So Uriah is this incredibly loyal soldier who who is willing to avoid going home to his wife, even though his king is telling him he can and should, and he refuses so, David hears this, and what I could only assume is panic, David sends Uriah, so first it says, then David said to Uriah, stay here today also, and tomorrow I will send you out. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. <clears throat> then David calls him, and he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk, so now he's trying a different tactic. I'll get some drinks in him and he'll go home. He'll be with his wife and he'll cover my sin. And in the evening, he went out to lie on his bed with his Lord's servants, but he did not go down to his house. Now check this out. In the very next verse, after you see how how loyal Uriah is, David's like, no, I don't have time for this. I need to deal with this. David writes a letter to Joab and where did it go? Yes. Verse 14. Now it happened in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. So he also, oh, he also gets Uriah to deliver his own death warrant. David had written in the letter saying place Uriah in the front line of the fiercest battle and withdraw from him so that he may be struck down and idle and die (sighs) so it was as Joab kept watch on the city that he put Uriah at the place where he knew there were valiant men and the men of the city went out and fought against Joab and some of the people among David's servants fell and Uriah the Hittite also died so he's also put with these valiant men and that some of their lives are sacrificed just so David can hide his sin. Then Joab sent and told David all the events of war. And he commanded the messenger saying, "When you have finished, when you have finished telling all the events of the war to the king, and if it happens that the king's wrath rises and he says to you, why did you approach the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who struck down Abimelech, the son of Jerubesheth? Jerubesheth, Jerubesheth. Did not a woman cast an upper millstone on him from the wall? So he died at Thebez? Why did you approach the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Okay, so he's coaching him how to talk so that they don't get in trouble, and he's letting David know that Uriah is dead. That was the battle that they used to kill Uriah. So the messenger, we should call him, went and came and told David all that Job had sent him to tell. And the messengers said to David, the men prevailed against us and came out against us in the field, but we pressed them as far as the entrance of the gate. And so, as you know, there's a lot more going on. I would recommend reading 14 with this as well, or sorry, yeah, sorry, 12 i recommend you read twelve with this as well. Cause in twelve, Yahweh sends Nathan. And Nathan posts Nathan posts this um this this image posts. Sorry, I'm falling asleep, can you tell? Nathan presents this story, this um parable almost parable might not be good but it's an analogy of a rich man who takes a poor man's sheep who is like his pet who is like his child like his daughter takes that lamb and uses it for a dinner party instead of one of his many sheeps the rich man does that to the poor man and David is outraged and then Nathan turns to him and says you are that man david is sick david finds out that god is going to take his child away from him and so he collapses on the ground and mourns but i just thought about what it would be like to be uriah and his wife and and to be loyal and that is your own downfall. Being loyal to his king was his downfall. Uriah is a sounds like a really great dude, you know. He won't even go home. He's like, I'm not I'm not going home and enjoying comforts while all this stuff is happening in Israel. And yet all David can do is cover his sin. Now, we know that there's forgiveness. God grants forgiveness, and he granted forgiveness to David, so much so that David was called a man after his own heart. And so David, being a true believer, could still commit horrendous sin, and he did, and he repented of it. He mourned the loss of his child as the child was dying, and he woke up, and he was completely refreshed, it seems. So anyway, or sorry, not woke up, got up after mourning his son, washed his face and ate and felt refreshed because once he knew he lost his son, he, uh, he changed, right? Because he petitioned God. And so, and so I just, I felt like this was something to go through because You can present the gospel from it because you see how, how evil David was. And this is even when he's a follower of God, we know that believers can still commit great evil. And when we do it in front of the world, it, it, it is a grievous hypocrisy, but we're all guilty of it. But that being said, believers need to believe the gospel and keep believing it. Right, We need to be forgiven of our sin. And we need to think about the fact that we are forgiven. God has granted us the ability to be forgiven and to be with him. And David, David was confident that he would be with God again as we read the Psalms. But how is it that we get to heaven? Well, it's the same thing every time. God has said that you were born dead in your sins and trespasses. And it's not just that he said it, but Adam and Eve sinned against God. And because of that, we are born with a sin nature. And so, You can do nothing in your natural state but sin. You are born dead in your sins and trespasses. So what you must do is believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. That he came to save you for your sins. You must turn from your sin and believe on him for the forgiveness of your sin. Repent. Turn. Turn from your sin. Change your mind. Turn back to God. Turn back to Christ and follow Him and be saved. And you, once you are saved, you will desire to be obedient to Him. See, there's two options. You can either be a slave to your sin for the rest of your life, or you can be a slave to Christ. That is as far as your free will goes. Now choose this day who you will serve, Jesus or anything that's not him. Anything that's not him is idolatry. So I would choose the God who can save, the God who pays for sins, the God who forgives us of all our sins and is still just to do it because he has put that punishment on someone else who came along and said, I will pay that sin. I will pay for that sin. I will, I will get you out of, out of jail and jail in this case is eternal conscious torment. So guys with that, please believe the gospel. And once again, like share this video, you would really help me out. Um, Obviously I need to if I'm going to grow this page this this following I'm going I'm going to need to start doing more start being more active about it and um, utilizing my social media better but in the meantime if you could follow me on all of my subscriptions that would be very helpful to me and I will just close by saying thanks a lot, and I will see you guys next week.